0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy final series with a look at Drew Locke. Nope, nope, don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. Hear me out. We're just going to talk it through. I know. I'm a Drew Locke apologist, everybody. A big one. You know, attend my weekly Tuesday meetings to try to overcome this disease, but it's just, you know, something I'm being faced with right now. So with all that said, you know, I do want badly. I tweeted this out. If I could guarantee that one player in the NFL would be excellent in 2021 and beyond, it would be Drew Locke. Not because I think he's this great human being or anything. I'm not saying he's not either, but nothing, you know, behind the scenes, great guy to root for anything like that. I love watching this dude play for better and for worse. I don't think Drew Locke has ever attempted a pass that he did not think he could compete. I mean, the stuff he did last year. Yeah. A hell of a lot of bad. I'm sure you guys all know about that, but people there was a lot of good in there too that quite simply not a lot of people will give the sort of time of day to highlight that i will but you know what watch every single football game every single week and let me tell you this Football is better when Drew Locke is one of the league's top 32 starting QBs because he's just entertaining for better and for worse. That's all it is. That is it. I am going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, do not draft Drew Locke in fantasy football next year or probably in a year after. I do not have the faith in Locke or this Broncos offense. The defense is going to be good. i would probably not see the volume. He doesn't run enough. I don't see Locke being this great fantasy football quarterback, maybe ever. But man, people, he's fun to watch. He makes big time throws. And this is a metric PFF has that I enjoy using. Basically, it's what you think. It's a throw that, you know, is usually in a tight window, maybe out of the pocket, usually down the field, a big time throw. And last year, the only quarterbacks with a higher big time throw rate than Drew Locke, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Derek Carr. Before you say, what is Derek Carr doing on that list? He deserves to be there as well, people. You know, we talked up Carr throughout the past season and credit to him for landing up there. But number seven in big time throwaway for Drew Locke is absolutely awesome. Now, here's the issue. I fully understand that, you know, you can make a big time throw, but a big-time throw and a turnover-worthy play are not equal. The turnover is far worse. That is why, you know, I'm skeptical that the Colts will be a better offense with Carson Wentz than Phillip Rivers, who has more future upside, obviously Wentz. Who has more arm talent, obviously Wentz. But we're not going to see the types of plays from a non Phillip Rivers, a non-Brady, you know Brady, a non-Roethlisberger-type quarterback, like when Jonathan Taylor gets a swing pass and nobody's guarding him because Rivers knew that already, and he goes, I am, you know, partial to quarterbacks like Locke, like Wentz sometimes where they make great things happen. They can make these playground plays when the play breaks down. But you know what? When you're doing that, that's not good. Offensive coordinators don't like that. They want the play to come out as they envision it in their mind. And, okay, you have your occasional Patrick Mahomes out there who's able to pretty much do whatever he wants on a play-by-play basis. The exception to the rule, not usually what goes on. So, anyway, the only quarterbacks, I listed the ones that had a better big-time throw rate than Locke, the only quarterbacks with the worst turnover-worthy play rate, Jake Luton, Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Mullins, Brandon Allen, Mike Glennon, Joe Flacco, and Jalen Hurts. Drew Lock roller coaster, Drew Lock experience, whatever you want to call it. He made a lot of great throws last season, also a lot of mistakes. This compelled me to try to make a new stat and I'm calling it entertainment factor right now. I'm very open to new names for it, but basically I wanted to take the rank and Big-time throw rate and turnover-worthy play rate. Take a difference in that and see basically every single year who has been the quarterback that makes really good things happen and also makes a lot of really bad things happen. Because to me, that's entertaining. If you're throwing an interception, like that's more fun than throwing the ball away. It's more fun than checking the ball down. Is it better for the professional football team? No. Should Broncos fans even be necessarily behind Drew Locke? I don't know. I can see both sides of it. But red zone viewers – need to be behind Drew Locke because he was our 2020 champion. With a 26 point or with a 26 rank difference between his big time throw rate rank and his turnover worthy play rate rank. Number two was Patrick Mahomes. So take that for what you will. Lock number one on the list, Mahomes number two. But all jokes aside, our 2019 champion, the stat, Jameis Winston, 2018 was Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2017, Deshaun Watson. We had honorable mention campaigns from Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen, and Carson Palmer, respectively. So did I come up with that list partially just to find something Locke is number one? And you bet your ass I did. But again, people, I, maybe it should be like the red zone stat or something like that. Because, this again, there's a certain quarterback. Like when red zone, you know, you hear it's switching. Oh, let's take an eye on Drew Locke and the Broncos or Jameis Fitzpatrick or <laughs> Jameis Fitzpatrick. Jameis Winston and the uh, Saints now. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Washington. You're going to perk up a little more in your seat. You know, as opposed to hearing, you know, Joe Flacco and the Jets or, you know, God forbid, Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos. And that is going to take us to our next point. It's between Locke and Teddy. And I don't know. Gun to my head right now, um, I would probably take Teddy to be the week one starter, which pains me to say. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook gives Drew Locke a plus 145 chance to be the week one starter. Bridgewater is at plus 220. It's close. We had Vic Fangio, the Broncos head coach, say the preseason games will be the truth teller when it comes to the who will win the job. So Teddy seems to be getting every single same chance as Drew Locke. And just based on last year, removing schedule, play caller, surrounding cast parts, Bridgewater was the better quarterback. He was the better quarterback in PFF passing grade yards per attempt turnover-worthy play rate, adjusted completion rate, and QB rating. As you could guess, the only thing Locke was better in, big-time throw rate. But that's not how you need to win football games, particularly not when you have a defensive-minded coach like Fangio and potentially a pretty damn good defense again, like this Broncos team, even if they're not, like, true contenders to the Chiefs. I mean, who is? We could see them battling, sneaking around in contention, being just good enough for them to go with the better overall quarterback instead of the higher upside long-term deal because – Make no mistake about it. I do think Locke has the higher career ceiling than Bridgewater. I mean, even even before Teddy's injury, I mean, this dude in two seasons with the Vikings, you know, I think he even, uh, I was making fun of Pro Bowlers on the last one of these recorded because I don't recognize Pro Bowl quarterbacks because Trevor Simeon declined an invite. And that should be all I need to tell you. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater in 2015 is a Pro Bowl quarterback for throwing in 16 games. Gee, I didn't even realize it was this bad people. Teddy Bridgewater made a pro bowl in 2015 for throwing for 3,200 yards and 14 touchdowns and 16 games. And before you say, Ian, don't you know Teddy's a dual threat quarterback sometimes? Yeah. He's 190 rushing yards and three touchdowns. I guess we're okay, but man, we've seen it and credit to Teddy for actually being more dual threat with the Panthers than he was with the saints. Like it was horrific with the saints and 14 games with the saints. He ran for 36 yards on 39 carries with the Panthers last year. I mean, he averaged 18 rushing yards per game. He had five scores on the ground. I think it was the Cardinals game. He actually had a real nifty run up the middle. Like he was almost like he was a usable fantasy quarterback last year in two quarterback leagues. That was it. Believe me. Uh, But just now at the end, because of that hidden rushing upside, the problem was how do you have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Uh, Robbie Anderson, they've only missed a combined two games. And you throw 15 touchdowns, like we've... (sighs) I know those earlier Vikings teams weren't quite as talented as the Panthers, but man, we have seen Teddy in some winnable positions, largely not do much. So the Saints year was good, but I just think we know who Teddy is. Teddy, at his best, is an average quarterback, and if you have a great roster, hell, he can probably take them to a winning record. And that's a lot more than a lot of quarterbacks can say. I just think Law could have that higher upside because we've seen him make these sort of big-time throws that other players just can't make. And I'm not ready to write him off just yet, because I don't think we've seen Locke get a full, you know, chance with the, with uh, this team. I mean, don't forget, people. Drew Locke, as a rookie, only got a chance to start five games. Now, look, quarterback win stats are dumb. I am not gonna sit here and say his four and on one record made that a great year. He was largely mediocre even throughout uh, those four wins. But I reject the idea that he just sucked in this like great situation last year. This was PFF's 22nd highest graded offensive line and pass blocking. Cortland Sutton played 31 snaps. I love Jerry Judy's route running. We're in on him moving forward. He was still one of just three receivers to drop at least 10 passes. KJ Hamler missed two games and was limited in two others with a hammy throughout September and October. Tim Patrick, nothing bad to say. Truly, NFL's best number four wide receiver. Love you, Tim. Noah Fant. I mean, this dude, his yak ability was just borderline erotic as a rookie. But you look at last year, and he literally popped up on the injury report with each of multiple ankle injuries in addition to a chest and rib injury. Like, he still was out there grinding, but people, Noah Fant never looked close to 100%. And then we had everybody's favorite guy, Albert O, comes in, actually provides a spark, catching 11 of 15 targets for 121 yards and a score. You know, Drew Locks, ex-college teammate, tears ACL and misses the final eight games of the year. So, yeah, on paper, I think the Broncos are a slightly better overall uh, cast of receivers and tight ends than what the Panthers are offering at this point. But that just wasn't the case in 2020. So while Bridgewater was better last year, I think he was better in a much better situation. The main thing, though, here I think is the pressure because, if you looked at Locke last year, and one of the more sustainable uh, metrics we have is a quarterback's performance from a clean pocket. And Locke was good when he had a chance to set his feet and throw. 7.9 yards per attempt from a clean pocket. I mean, that was higher than Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow. I mean, Kyler Murray. Like, the problem was that, again, we see Locke be really good in certain stages, but then he's so bad in another stage that just doesn't make up for it. I mean, you look at how he did it under pressure now. I mean, look. That we only had th- we only had to see, I think eight quarterbacks, seven or eight quarterbacks average at least three fewer yards per pass attempt when pressured versus when kept clean. Nobody was more sensitive to pressure than Drew Locke, but overall it was him, Jared Goff, Nick Mullins, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, and Tom Brady averaged uh, at least three fewer yards per pass attempt when pressured versus when kept clean. Nobody had a higher big time throw rate than Locke when he was not under pressure, Drew Locke made some plays for people when he had time. I'm just not convinced he's going to have the sort of leash now with Teddy there to, you know, put this all together. So I hope the talent wins out. I hope Denver, you know, really tries to play for the upside because, again, when Locke has been in a good situation, even with the offensive line, he hasn't even had the great situation with his receiving core yet. We have seen flashes of him looking uh, really good. So Teddy was better than him in everything last year. I get it. I do think he just is the type of kind of, low mistake prone quarterback where look if they're, if they're basing this on a preseason uh on preseason games, man, like Teddy's going to be fantastic in that. Cause he's facing simplified defenses. He's just going to find the right read and get the ball to him, which is a good thing. Again, he's been a winning NFL quarterback. We just know he hasn't been an elite NFL quarterback. I don't think that's in his potential range of outcomes with drew lock. I'm not willing to write that out just yet. So PFF Lily stat here, Teddy, has thrown, and this is our, you know, kind of main fantasy point here. I know I've talked more real-life football here, but this is the crux of why we can't get behind either of these guys in fantasy. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has thrown more than two passing touchdowns and two of 48 career starts. Drew Locke has three in his first 18. So, Teddy, you know, even if he keeps that kind of rushing floor that we saw last year, I just think that we haven't seen nearly enough upside in the passing game to warrant this. I mean, Bridgewater was the QB 23 in fantasy points per game last year. Locke was the QB 28. I think Locke would actually be a lot closer to Bridgewater if we take away uh, you know, his 13 snap week two game against the Steelers. Again, though, it's just been more bad than good so neither guy offers like an adp uh pretty much total i mean they're not inside the top 30 they're not inside my top 30 i get it you don't need to draft any of these guys unless you're you know really going off on a limb and best ball land but good quote from uh matt matthew friedman over at action network people contrarianism is not a license to be an effing moron so keep that in mind when you're trying to build you know these contrarian best ball stacks that yeah hey, you know, I've heard of worse ideas than drafting Drew Locke uh, with your last pick if you do happen to, you know, find yourself with Sutton, with Judy, maybe even know a fan. I get it, but there's a low floor, people. We've seen that low floor and the ceiling, at least in fantasy, isn't that high. I I think Drew Locke has a great real-life ceiling still, but in fantasy, it's not even that great. I mean, we'd need to see him really become just, you know, the next big thing as a passer, which is probably asking a little bit too much. So I would say, uh, you know, we'll have a more specific podcast out later in the summer on the receivers uh, in this in this game. Obviously, everything's going to change if, uh, you know, a certain reigning league MVP uh, finds his way to mile high, like some have been rumoring. But I would say right now, you know, if Drew Locke wins the job, I would be a little more bullish on Cortland Sutton. You know, we did see in one of his two catches, uh, one of his three catches last year, excuse me, uh, Drew Locke, though just a pretty back shoulder. And, you know, if you look at how Sutton versus how Judy are going to operate, you know, Judy's the one that we're expecting more separation from, uh, just providing clear or passing windows that's what Teddy should be aiming for while while Sutton is the one that you're going to need to have a little bit more of a you know give my chance to receiver to go up and get the ball type of mindset and that's where Drew Locke and his general YOLO DGAF uh, attitude comes into play so Lock, I'm rooting for you. I don't think he's someone we need to concern ourselves with in fantasy football, though. No. So thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. If you enjoy the coverage, I invite you to check out our entire podcast network, which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gale's two-for-one drafts podcast, or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. Also invite you guys to check out PFF's 2021 Best Ball Draft Kit. We have tiered rankings, the projections, the targetable stacks, the season's favorable matchups, the only resource you'd ever need the wreck havoc across best ball formats all summer long. And if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season long game. We draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's promo code PFF. Draft now at Underdog Fantasy. Thank you again for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New Fantasy Files out every single day of the week. Also Wednesday show with my guy, Andrew Erickson. Friday show with NFL players. And I can interview them. We're pushing to get as many as possible. Otherwise, we'll have some also perfectly good fantasy NFL analysts there as well. So take care, everybody. Thank you for tuning in again for the third time in as many minutes probably. Apologies. We'll see you next time.